Hello everybody, good evening, welcome to the Scottish Rugby Podcast brought to you by the Scottish Rugby Blog. I am Cammy Black. Um, joining me this evening, uh, we've got Craig Manson. Good evening, Craig. Good evening, how are we doing? And uh, well, we did. We thought we were only going to have Craig. Was Craig was excited earlier because it looked <laughs> Craig, which meant that we could we just spent all night talking about Embra Craig. But I could have I could have put my message out there. <laughs> <laughs> all your followers coming. Well, <laughs> the list of figures would be through the roof. Absolutely, absolutely, literally, they would have been coming in through the roof with pitchforks. <laughs> um, However, we were also joined this evening, but to, to balance things out, we're joined by Johnny McGinty. Good evening, how are we doing? I'm not bad, Johnny, not bad. Um, you might notice I'm wearing my Donny Gump South Snood. It's rather nice. It arrived today. Look, it's, I live in England, by the way, so this is now regulation. This is now law. I have to do this when I'm in a crowded space. <laughs> um, but we're, So we're going we're gonna to do Donny Gump this year. We haven't done it in years gone by. So for those that don't know, you can sign up for £20. You choose which region uh, that you want to represent. See, the, the SRU got rid of regions, but Doddy's brought them back. Absolutely. So you sign yeah, up for Yeah, me and Craig get to join the true Caledonian Northern Midlands region. There you go. <laughs> there you go. You see, Johnny, you, jo- Johnny seems to have put me into a box already, and I don't know if he's... Uh, <laughs> he might be more surprised than he thinks. Your followers won't like that, Craig. Oh, no. well, you know... <laughs> He'll be usurped. <laughs> um, so yeah, you go to um, go to Doddy Aid and have a look. If you search for Doddy Gump on your apps, you can sign up for the app. Twenty pound, you get your snood, and then it's a competition between the regions to see uh, who can the districts rather, I should say, to see who can walk the most or cover the most distance uh, during January. It's a bit of a competition. I've set up a league as well. So so if any listeners want to join that league, I'll share details at the start of January. I'm I'm only intending on doing this on the walk to and from school, so I'm not intending on doing very well. But if, if our listeners want to have a go and compete against each other, we'll set that up. Um, Andrew Lone, long-time listener to the podcast, says he received his Doddy Snood. He's Doddy Glasgow. So he's team Glas- the Glasgow in the West District. Um, so that's that. Um, in terms of um, where you can listen to this podcast, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Acast, Spotify, Google Podcasts and any other podcast apps. We're live at the minute on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and Twitch. Uh, you can also watch us live um, if you're a Patreon. If you've got patreon.com slash Scottish Rugby Podcast, you can sign up for £3 a month. You get the main podcast advert free, and then you also get the bonus weekly podcast that we do as well uh, once the main one's over where we we, um, we we do hands in the rock there now. Um, news then. Um, there's been a, a couple of bits of news. Um, I wanted to start with Jordan Venter news. I'll start with you on this, Craig, because I, Jordan Venter seemed. I think the, the worry was that this was going to be the uh, kind of the the start of Scotland, particularly signing young players. Like because he was signed at sixteen. He might yeah. even be fifteen. I think when he was signed, signing yeah. players like kids, effectively. And scouting kids and bringing them in, getting the residency, and with, with a view to kind of grooming them for um, for international rugby. Now he's yeah. played some Super Six. He obviously has been signed to the Embra squad. He's now signed for Bath, which you know, God help him down in Bath at the minute. Um, <laughs> but he's you know he seems to have gone with Embra ble- Embra's blessing. I, I suppose one way of looking at it is he's had his chance. He's it's a it's a crowded field in the Embra midfield at the minute. Um, so we know fair play to him going to look for more places. The other flip side of the argument, I suppose, is it's resource gone into a South African 15-year-old where those resources could have gone into a Scottish 15-year-old prospect. Yeah, that was the howls of um, of uh, uh, disagreement that we, we heard when we, when we signed him. Um, he was quite obviously a, a Scotland stroke cockerel pick um, and he was a big lad who was going to come in and 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 throw some crash balls through the middle of uh, all the, all asunder and play probably to Cockrell's um, Cockrell's uh, uh, Hulk smash tune. Um, <laughs> I, it was it's a difficult one because I think obviously we have Scotland as a, as such have are absolutely blooming with their centres. Um, he obviously hasn't. 
been able to go through the the sort of the academy processes, as in the Scotland academy processes, because he's not Scottish and he's not a residential a residential Scot yet. Um, so it's been difficult, I think, and uh, it's of, quite obviously he's not fitting into Mike Blair's plans. So Mike Blair said to him. Crack on if you're going to get signed somewhere else. It yeah. must be. It, it, it must be really good. You know, it, it must have been a move that he, he was desperately wanting because to go to Bath and think Bath's going to be a great move um, uh, for him. I think it's 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 obviously and that's that's no disrespect to him. I don't mean that the wrong way. You know. Yeah, I um, think it takes a lot of guts for a, a young lad to come over at that age. Yeah, I mean, I think he is English. Johnny, but he's South African qualified. He's born in England, but South African qualified. So I guess he's he's got that going from kind of playing down in England. It's, but it does kind of feel like it's maybe we have, we didn't see anybody else arrive. I think there was another year. His friend, his mate, was signed for Glasgow, who I've never heard of again. Who maybe squats qualified, but it, I, I don't know. We haven't had any other signers, so it seems like the the kind of the end of the experiment for the SRU of signing babies, effectively, and and trying to get the Scots qualified. Yeah, I think so because um, Edinburgh signed that enormous Kenyan Nigerian yeah. second drawer, um, but nothing really seems to have have come from him either. He went and, somewhere. And I, I think, think I think he's, he's played. Yeah, I think he went to the English Championship from memory. Because mm. because yeah. he was he was at school at Edinburgh, wasn't he? And then decided to come mm. back. And but yeah, it seems to have been quite a short lived experiment that one. And I mean, to be fair to Jordan Venter, when when he came over, there was no Chris Harris, there was no Cami Redpath, there was no Sioni Tuipulotu. So the the centres at international level was a totally different prospect to what it is now. And I could kind of see why you might have looked at it three or four years ago and gone, yeah go over and give that a shot, and now all of a sudden you're looking at the centres and thinking, well, actually, I'm probably quite far down the list here. Yeah. Um, other news then, um, the URC, the IRC, have appointed a head of match officials for the URC. So there was there was a, an elite referee manager since 2017, apparently. Who knew? Who knew that they had that <laughs> much coordination at the Pro 12-14? Um, so it's a South African, though. I think I, my only assumption here is this is to appease the South Africans that they're, they're appointing a South African head of match officials. So it's, I'm going to assume it's pronounced Tape rather than Tape Henning, which is T A P P A E. Anyone, I, yeah. I, you want to have a go at that? So it sounds like a Tape, yeah. Tape. Or tapai. Tapai. There's no, there's no little dash on top of the E. Oh, okay. Any South African listeners, let us know. Um, I'm going to go with Tape Henning. He's been a, he's been appointed anyway. Um, the problem is, though, still, and we talked about this previously on the podcast, he's, he's the elite referee manager, but he's then effectively managing the referee managers within each union who then manage their referees. It's not; it's still not a centralised pool with him at the head, Johnny. Yeah, and I think until we get that, you can appoint all the elite managers you want. I think we're going to end up having the same problems. Which is, and it's a difficult one because we don't want the referee managers in the countries to be shuffled sideways or overlooked or anything. But you do have to have consistency. So he can he can hand down his proclamations, but then you're still looking at four or five heads of referees that are going to look at it differently and and kind of put it out the way that, that they would do it in their home unions. So, I mean, it, it might make a bit of a difference, but I don't think it's going to solve the problem. Yeah, I guess, because those referee managers within the unions, Craig, I mean, particularly in the SRU, they're, they're, they're not just dealing with the Pro, Four, the, not Pro 14, the URC games, they're, they're managing club games and Super 6 games as well, and there's they will want those to be refereed a certain way, and they'll have their own interpretation of the laws, and it, it's not you, we're still going to get this inconsistent. It's not, I guess, it's not the laws are being applied wrongly. It's just inconsistency without any kind of centralised control. Yeah, um, I think uh, you know the referees in the um, in the under eighteens and in the in the uh, division division three that that that, that I help coach in um, can't get consistency, never mind trying to get consistency across across all of Scotland, never mind across the the European um the European um 
uh, continent and then obviously the the rest of the world. I think it's going to be it would be quite nice to get some consistency. I I, I think especially in the in in the professional game. Um, and and if this is going to help in any way, then that'd be great. But I don't know if, if, if mind you, I said that the world rugby didn't have any teeth and they did something about Razzie. So I suppose <laughs> I, I have to eat my words, my words there. Yeah, I, mean, I suppose we're not looking for it's you're never going to get 100% consistency. And we've said before that's what makes rugby the, the game that we enjoy that, that you play, you play the referee. But I suppose the difference is, Johnny, that. You, you want to turn up every week and have a rough idea of what the referee's going to, how the referee's going to interpret the laws that week and adjust accordingly rather than a complete guess week to week who's going to turn up and what, what they're going to, how they're going to referee the breakdown, for example. Yeah, it's, it's definitely the only sport, certainly that I can think of, where you probably pay almost as much attention to who the officiating team is as who's on the team sheets for, for your team and the opposing team. Um, but it's also the only sport I can think of where you're asking the players to adapt to the referee's interpretation mid-game. It would be nice if you could go into the game knowing what you've got to do and how they're going to do it. Because we've had, how often have we talked about Scotland games where you say, oh, the, the other team adapted to the interpretation of the breakdown better than Scotland did. And it's like at the very top elite level, you probably shouldn't be doing that mid-game. You should know what you're expecting going into it. Yeah. So that's interesting. We'll see how that goes. We'll keep an eye on it. Um, it's a Danish name, by the way. I just Googled it. So I think it might did be, you? Maybe did maybe Toppy. How's, how's your Danish? Uh, I would. My guess would be it's probably Toppy. But I tell you what, we've got Johnny. We've got a Danish. We've got someone. Yeah. We've got a friend who who lives in Denmark. So I'm, I might in a minute. I might text her and ask her. <laughs> how do you pronounce? How do you pronounce Tappy? I'm a very we're very popular in the Nordic states as well. So uh, we are well. Yeah. Hey, we're, we do we do well. We were number one in Denmark at one point. I suspect that's because I know four people in Denmark, <laughs> and, and they all have friends, and I think they all listen to the podcast. So on the, rug, the rugby nation of Denmark. Yeah. <laughs> hey, there's some good rugby players. There's some good rugby clubs in Denmark. Don't knock it. Um, oh no! Listen, I want to go and find out uh, find out what their alcohol tastes like. No problem whatsoever. <laughs> it's expensive, Craig. That's what it tastes like. <laughs> is, that, is that a hint? Is that a hint, Mister Manson? Oh, I'll get me! Start, I'll get started on that, will I? Nice job. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't think there's much other news. We might we'll touch maybe upon the Bill Matter injury um, when we talk about Edinburgh, Craig. Should we do that? I Should think, we talk about Edinburgh now? Well, just the last bit of news I think is um, is uh, just seeing the loss of Morgan uh, Pollock from for, for Carter Queen's Park. Yeah. Um, uh, again, another um, another player taken too soon, and uh, um, uh, my thoughts go out to her, her family, and obviously um, uh, all of our teammates. Yeah, yeah, and he's really heavily involved in the club as well. Yeah, very much so, very much so. Yeah. Um, Embra then, should we talk about Embra now, Craig? Well, yeah, I'm, I'm always happy to talk about Edinburgh, you know that. Yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> that was a good, it was a good performance by Embra against Benetton. And I'm not, I'm look, and John's not here, it was Benetton, and we know what Benetton can do because we saw it last week against Glasgow. Yes. Benetton, yeah. Benetton are a good team. In the United Rugby Championship now. I agree with that. I agree with that. They did exactly the same to uh, Glasgow as they did to us when we played them at home. So I can't, I, I honestly can't um, sit here on a high horse, you know? Yeah. And I think watching that, you could say that that wasn't, uh, there wasn't much about that when, particularly when you look at the stats that you would look and go, that, or oh, look, Benetton lost that game. That was, it was a comprehensive victory for Ember because Ember played the better rugby. Very much so. You know, they, they looked, they look dangerous, and and uh, I'm going to say something rather. Apart. Well, he affected the game in two different ways, but uh, actually, Henry Pargos is looking quicker. Um, <laughs> I was quite taken aback. Um, even his wee break that he that he made that uh, that got us up the uh, up the pitch and led to the I think it was the third try. Um, you know, I think Mike Blair has had some a, a significant. Um, 
a significant made a significant dis- difference to Edinburgh. Um, the, the the team is playing incredibly well. Um, unfortunately, the the said how Henry Burgos's loose foot then took um, Blair, the king of uh, the king of Blair, um, uh, out of the game and knocked him down and, and knocked him out. Um, uh, and he fell like a majestic tree that had been felled in the forests of uh, Denmark, uh, of all if, things. But... If, if Blair Kinghorn falls over in the wood <laughs> and there's no one there to hear it, does it really happen? If Blair, Kinghorn, if Blair Kinghorn plays, has a really good game at 10 against Leinster in a wood and no one's there to see it, does it really happen? <laughs> you'll hear the you'll hear the Edinburgh the Edinburgh fans <laughs> shout the name. That's for sure. No, I, he, I, I, he played I, well on uh, Friday. Hang on, can, can you repeat that for me, please, Johnny? No, no. <laughs> Just repeat we, that. We sat here last week and said we want we want to see him perform against against a good team, and Benetton are probably the best team he's played so far, and I thought he played pretty well. Yeah, I, I think uh, you know. Uh, I think he was probably seventy percent good. Um, I think there was a little bit of you know. Obviously, he's kicking again, um, uh, but also there, there was a couple of wee panicky passes that he can be guilty of at times. Um, but he's again this 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 strike runner ten um, uh, that that we seem to have in him uh, is very interesting. Do you know? I was going to say the one thing for me, and this is where Craig's going to be complaining of how nitpicky I am, but. Because he's not used to 10, I think he gets involved in a lot of stuff that you don't necessarily want your 10 to do. And the strength running is one thing, but I've noticed he gets into a lot of breakdowns. And yes. that's like, if, if you're a winger or a fullback, then that's absolutely fine. But you want your 10 to not be in every attacking ruck so that he's there to run the next phase. And I did I did spot a couple of times, I was like, he maybe shouldn't have bothered for that. That's fixable, right? That's not... Uh, yeah. the, the thing, Technical skills are harder to fix Telling someone where to stand is fixable. Yeah. So and he's still learning. Yeah, and and I think the one thing for me was I thought it was great, you know, really good awareness to get that try, but still, you know, a little bit kind of flappy in the execution and the fact they had to, you know, it wasn't a clean touchdown. And I know it's hard with a bobbling ball, but he really could have made a better job of that so that it wasn't. In, in question at all and I don't it's still moments like that I guess that that's the but they're rough edges that can be smoothed off they're, they're all it's all I think the more I see him at 10 the more I can I get it and the more I think he's fully capable of being an an ec, not just a very good club 10 but an excellent 10 and and really useful at you know at a higher level as well yeah, well, it's, you know, I think I think you'll probably see a bit of a change over the next uh, couple of games because, um, from what I can, from what I can hear, um, we're going to see um, Jaco back. Um, he's back training with the squad, so um, and also with Damien Hoyland um, looking like he's going to be out for some time. Um, we are going to need. Um, wingers, etc. So you know, you might see him slip back into a familiar position um, uh, with Yako starting at ten at some point, especially against, for example, if, it depends if he'll come out against Saracens, but um, you know, the, against maybe the the more um, demanding of teams, if you know what I mean. Um, yeah, but I mean we'll, that would we'll be, a, be that would be a good test for where where he is. To, to I'd love to see him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I absolutely would love to see him do that, so that I can at least turn around to John and say he has <laughs> been tested. Um, but uh, no, I, th- I, th- I think he's. Uh, you know, it, it'll be interesting. He, he looked good. He all. He he he, all, he, he does look good uh, when he plays for Edinburgh. Anyway, um, we're happy with what he's doing. And at ten, I think he's he's a rough diamond, and I think we'll. Um, I think uh, Mike Blair will hone him down um, quite significantly. Speak. I mean, you mentioned wingers there. I mean, it's hard not to just be absolutely besotted with Darcy Graham and absolutely everything that he does. I mean, that was just some of the stuff that he was doing. I mean, that bit where he he end, somehow ended up in a mall and then appeared from the mall, still holding the ball despite yeah. having like loads of Benetton <laughs> players around. I still, I've watched that on replay so many times, and I've still no idea how he takes that into that. Like bulk of players, and still well, emerges with the ball. I, I think I think um, we're seeing it a bit with Hoyland as well. The the 
the the smaller gentleman, um, but with a huge, but but with with the strength that I I'm I'm amazed at the the collision strength, the the strength to get you know to to you know when they're going into into contact, when they're going into rucks to clear people out. Um, both him, Hoyland, um, uh, Velikot, if he ever gets into contact, um, are showing themselves quite you know quite adept at doing what they were doing. Um, but Darcy, yeah, I, I, Darcy's one of those players. I think he's 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 ir- irreplaceable. Um, and he's he, he's a he, mercur- mercurial is the wrong word, but he is something someone who I don't uh, you know the only maybe person you would probably kind of put him down towards is Keith Earls, I suppose. But he's but Keith Earls isn't as willing to or is it doesn't have the step that I think Darcy have has. You know, it's yeah. not just the strength; it's the power that Darcy Graham generates mm. for someone his size is unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and and good to see Hamish Watson back as well, doing throw and he's he offloads now. Yeah, <laughs> he still was doing Hamish Watson things, I must say. Oh yeah, and, uh, and uh, but uh, and uh, but actually, I, I'm 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 going to say something here, um, and uh, I'm waiting on uh, I'll wait and see because I'm sure uh, uh, the Lothian stand might not be happy, but I've got to say, Jamie Ritchie is looking far far more impressive this year. Mm-hmm. Um, Jamie Ritchie, when he came on the pitch for Bill Matter, um, I, I I don't know. Obviously, the international and the international training and international games that he's played makes him look a far far higher level player. But he's just like, for example, he took a ball, a high ball in the air um, that was kicked down towards him um, with ease, and took it, and then started running at pace. He's quite. He's all over the park, and I'm. Uh, and he's. He's. I'm. I'm incredibly impressed with Jamie Ritchie, and so he's starting to. You know, he's starting to mature. Um, you know, and and you know, get to the same levels as Hamish, and I'm really impressed with him. But Hamish, yeah, it's great to see him back, and it's good. You know, I'm sure a, a few more games, and he'll be fully into his. Um, uh, into his stride. You forget how tall Jamie Ritchie is sometimes. Yeah, he's just yeah, one of these do. guys. He doesn't look. He's like the, like the anti Rishi Sunak. And then you look at him and go, "He's what Rishi Rishi about about six foot six foot one, and then no, he's six four, and it's it doesn't sound like much more, but he's very he's just tall. Yeah. That's getting on for you know that's getting on for lock height. And I think yeah. like you said, if he's, it sounds like there's a lot of skill work being done at Embraer. It certainly looks like that. From the way that they're playing, I mean, I, I'm not necessarily sure that taking, you know, taking a high ball is something that Jamie Ritchie was able to do in the past, Craig. But you know, maybe he was able to do it, but he was never used in that way. So I don't know whether or not Mike Blair's just trying to diversify skills across the, you know, across the team. I think I think um, I, I always remember a, a coach that I, I knew just decided that um, he wanted to coach the most skillful. Uh, club uh, in Scotland, and uh, or create the most skillful club in Scotland. I always remember that comment. Um, and actually, I think Mike Blair is 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 on the same wavelength. I think he is this. You know, he wants to up everybody's skills and empower. You know, if you look across, you know, when I was wa- watching the game, you could see offloads from forwards, offloads from props, prop. You know, but for me, the I think my 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 more impressive. The, the most impressive thing for me was the fact that every time the uh, any player from from Edinburgh was getting into contact, they put a movement in, they take a step, they try to you know they were always looking to go through the gap, looking to go for the soft shoulder to make themselves more difficult to tackle, make themselves more difficult to get on the ground, and I think that's what he's bringing. I think he's you know you can pass until your arms fall off, but to bring in that ability to make um, Make Grant Gilchrist believe that he can put a step in um, is a lot to, to coach, and uh, I think that's really impressive. Yeah, um, Magnus Bradbury, Johnny, I want to talk about him uh, quickly um, because we've said in the past that probably probably of his generation of players, his form has fluctuated the most wildly from kind of being absolutely central to some of Scotland's biggest wins in the last 
five, six years to on the fringes of Edinburgh, not even, you know, not even guaranteed a bench spot under Richard Cockrell. But at the moment, he's looking like a really good ball carrying threat. And again, for for an eight good under the high ball from the restarts, it's it's encouraging encouraging stuff. Yeah. Where and he's so frustrating, Magnus Bradfrey, because when he plays well, he plays really, really well. But but if you get him on a day where he's not played well, he can he's he's had some real off days. Um he brings a lot of what we always sit and talk about. You want the Scottish loose forwards to have more grit. And he's really difficult to bring down if he gets going. So if you know if he can keep this form up, he's a real weapon. Um, and hopefully, and you mean weapon? He in can, the, you mean weapon in the positive sense? We, yeah, weapon in the in the positive <laughs> sense, rather than he's a bit of a weapon, uh, <laughs> which I'm sure he's not. Uh, but no, you know, if we could, if we can, if we can keep getting that form out of him, he's he could be a different difference maker. You'd like you say he's he's played a really big part in some massive wins, but he's got yeah. to be able to keep that form up because when his form goes down, it it goes down spectacularly. Yeah. But I, I think also, you know, Magnus suffers from um, uh, not having an arm put around him. I think if you look at his time with uh, Cockrell, um, he, he was named captain and then threw it all away. Um, and that was him on a naughty step. And I don't think he ever got the chance to get off it again. Um, and, and also when he came into the Scotland squad, it was in the Townsend era where Townsend was banging heads with Finn. Um, and, and and all the turmoil that was going on with that. So I think that actually, if you look at it, Mike Blair seems to be more um, more of a, you know, he knows the players, he knows he's happy to discuss things with them, he's happy to give them praise when they need the praise. Um, and then, if you know, the same thing with Tooney now. Tooney seems to have had his eyes opened a little bit and he seems to be becoming a, you know, a more rounded coach and a more praiseworthy coach rather than constantly being a bit, pissed off with everybody um so i think i think that's the thing with and if and if you take that as mental fragility then maybe he is but i think um, i don't take it as mental fragility because i think we've talked about the richard cockerel effect before and i think that there was a need for that early doors and we've yeah. said this i mean you, you compare it to some of the stuff we've talked about with like say mark dodson's approach to running the siu as well it's very similar is there is a time and a place for um you know, a coach or a leader to come in and just lay down the law and smash heads together and get rid of the yeah. dead wood and set a really strong sense of culture. And, and undoubtedly, Richard Cockrell did that and everyone knew where they stood with him. Yeah. I think the problem is that at some point you have to evolve, you want your coach to evolve into something different. Once you set the standards, once you've knocked the heads together, there needs to be a transition to where you, you then transfer your the responsibility for decisions from kind of the coach to the players yeah. and that didn't happen under Richard Cockrell because I'm not sure he's, I'm not sure he's capable of it and that's fine you know that's just the kind of guy he is or the kind of coach he's not someone that can let go who can pass on that control in the same way that I think like Gregor Townsend maybe can do and maybe Gregor Townsend in the past I think has maybe realized that he has maybe been too much the other way I think certainly after the World Cup yeah it was maybe a bit of a, a bit of a change where it's all oh, off you go lads I'm going to send you on the pitch and here's a rough game plan and you'll work it out and we'll work it out ourselves during half time to a bit more, no, this is how I want you to play and a bit more directed. And maybe you're right. Maybe, maybe Mag- that wasn't what Magnus Bradbury needed. That kind of coaching, maybe a bit more of an arm around the shoulder and, a and support it. You know, everyone responds differently to different styles of management, not always positively. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think anyone would describe John Barkley as mentally fragile, and he's been quite frank about the fact that with Richard Cockrell, it wasn't a great atmosphere. Yeah, so I think you no. do kind of have to take that into account. Yeah. Um, quick word then, Matt Curry. I just wanted to mention Matt Curry because Matt Curry's kind of he's a kind of product of the Super Six, isn't he? And he he had a re- mm. I thought he had an excellent game. Yeah, he played he played very well. Um, uh, supported well. Need you know took the ball on when he needed to take the ball on. Um, and uh, you know, I didn't see a lot of them because obviously, you, 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 especially when you're at the game, you tend to um, focus on the line breaks, etc. But he, he he looks he looks like someone who can who can come in and out of the team 
and you're not expecting a drop in in, in gameplay or in, in standards. And he, he, he's doing a good job. Well, I think his link play was really good. He threw a couple of really nice passes. I think he put um, he put in Buffelian for the try. Um, yeah. Even James Lang, I've been, I think. I kind of expected this with James Lang, that James Lang will come in and very quietly do a job at 12, and he's come in and very quietly done a job at 12, which yeah. isn't, that's no bad thing. I think that's a bit of stability. Having, I think, like you said, the, the, the drop-off between kind of, I think sometimes with Glasgow remember the drop-off between the first-choice players and then maybe the, the, the third-choice has often been quite sharp, but I'd Get the impression there's a lot more depth around Ember now, even though it's a leaner squad. Maybe that the that there's a lot more behind the kind of first and second choice players now. Yeah, yeah, I, t- I totally agree with that. And um, you know, and 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 everyone seems to be noticing it. And and actually, we're as fans, um, we're looking at it and going, we're looking forward to playing John Anderson's real teams um, and, uh, and, and and we're looking forward to see it and te- testing us because obviously, you know, we're in a situation where if we beat them, um, then it's Mike Blair as a genius. But if we lose against them, then it's Mike Blair's in a transitional period. So we, you know, we're, we're looking forward to, the, to, to, to building on this season and then, and then maybe going a bit further next season. You've got, I mean, if, if you, if, um, if the way governments act is then to go by Craig, then you've got a, you've probably got at least two to three se- seasons of blaming the previous regime re- regime before you have to actually hold your hands up and <laughs> admit, <laughs> admit there's a problem. I will Absolutely. say, I mean, there was a lot. Of, I mean, Ember still somehow made. I think the, the sheer number of tackles it was still ninety one percent tackle completion, but there was a lot of tackles missed, and I guess that's maybe Mike Blair hasn't quite got his backroom, you know, kind of staff. The way that he would want, because he was a late, you know, Richard Cockrell kind of that was mid preseason prep that Richard Cockrell went. So maybe we'll kind of start to see that backroom staff coming together. I guess they've got to take time to gel as well. Yeah, and, and they've got to also, you know, uh, hone their own messages as well to, to fit in alongside Mike Blair's message. Um, but uh, you know, what I would say though is is that yes, we missed a few tackles, um, but our scramble defence was very very good. Um, and we, we 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 managed to keep them out virtually um, most of the game until they until they um, they got a fairly good pick and go section going um, and and put a try across. I think uh, defensively, and uh, you know we, we're doing okay. Um, it'll be, we'll wait and see. I'm sure coming up against Leinster or uh, Ulster, I think it'll be an interesting game um, defensively. Um, yeah. But uh, you know, looking at teams like Scarlets, you expect a running game, and we managed to shut them down. Um, so you know, it's looking quite good. It's looking yeah. all right. Well, we'll see how the weekend goes against Saris. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll wait and see. Uh, <laughs> wait and see, will uh, Glasgow then, Johnny? It's a better weekend this weekend. Yep. Yeah, Jack, I think I'm... Jack Dempsey. Oh my word! What a signing. He's just been. He's incredible. I just love watching him. I loved his post-match interview. Um, I thought his performance again was great. He was well deserved for his player of the match. And I also loved the fact that he just like just flat out called out Will Skelton by name for Saturday as well. So that... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like to see that. Yeah, but also, I mean, the discipline's maybe still an option. Was it? Like, it's like eleven penalties still. It's still penalties yeah. are still in double figures. Yeah, it's uh, that's. I mean, that's that's still a problem, and I think we're still not clinical enough. Um, we left a lot of points out there on Saturday. Um, leaving leaving points on the field against Dragons is one thing, but we've got back to back La Rochelle and Exeter coming up, so can't be leaving points on the field against them. That needs just needs to be tightened up a little bit. I think. Yeah, um, I don't think Ross Thompson again. Ross Thompson's kicking. Percentage isn't any better than Blair Cairnhorn's, we should say. I should point that out straight away. Yeah, but I'm still not going to say he's got fingers like cows. I don't. Know. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he he had another good game actually on Saturday. I thought and um, his uh, his kicking out of hands incredible. Yeah, that that little kick across for Kyle Stain's try uh, made me do a very interesting noise. <laughs> 
To be fair, David uh, Coral says, my Sterling County P6s could have given that Dragons team a game. That's a fair point. Yeah, he's, he's not wrong. <laughs> but still, I mean, it was slightly disappointing to let in uh, the, the two tries because they were fairly, I thought they were fairly soft tries in the end. And that's yeah. maybe, again, you know, there's still a lot of work to be done for that Glasgow team. Yeah, I I mean, I, I, kind, of, I kind of wonder if they would have let those tries in if the game was closer. I think they probably, I think they maybe switched off a little bit by then. Yeah. Craig, yeah, for not, you, what, yeah. what, what's your kind of view on the current Glasgow? I'm going to give you your chance now because John's... I know, and okay. I was nice about Edinburgh and he's about to slate us, I can tell. <laughs> I wouldn't dare, I wouldn't dare. No, I, I think, I think um, that, that, you know, yes, you can, you can all hail uh, Dempsey, you know, he's a, he's a, He's a fantastic go forward number eight. Um, the problem I have is is just just discipline. I think Glasgow are, are, have been and are still showing themselves as pretty, you know, pretty ill disciplined. And Dempsey is on that edge um, of he can, you know, he may be a phenomenal player, and you might be at the stage where when when he eventually leaves, um, you know, he may be held up as a centurion for the club and some a phenomenal. A phenomenal servant for the club. I don't have a problem with that. I think the problem we have is, again, when you're led by Ryan Wilson, um, you tend to let the 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 bull the BS get in the way at times, um, and that's my my only concern. I think they've got all the th- they've got all the the tools in the box, and they're ready to play. And I think it's going to be an interesting one. Um, and and also, if you look at the score against Gar- Scarlets. At, not Scarlets against the Dragons. It was fairly similar to ourselves, um, although we were away. Um, so you know, it's going to be an interesting eighteen seventy two cup. You know, yeah. We'll, we'll go. Hang on there. We'll get. We'll, we'll build up to the eighteen seventy two another time. I don't want to get. I don't want to get that into a. Um, <laughs> I don't want. I mean, you know, tools in the box is an interesting um, name for Ryan Wilson, Johnny. Um, the uh, <laughs> the but there was a noticeable change. I thought in Glasgow's organisation. I don't. I think the problem with Ryan Wilson is he giveth with one hand and taketh with the way with the other. Is that Glasgow looked much more organised, generally and together, than they did against Benetton the week before. But they still give away a lot of penalties. I'm not necessarily sure the problem's Ryan Wilson. I think he, he when he's captaining the side, that Glasgow look better. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's he's got a mountain of experience and. To be perfectly honest, and this is probably a bit of my personality coming in, I don't mind a bit of the niggle. You know, I don't mind Batman and a bit of a wind-up, and I don't mind Xander, but the thing is, if that's going to happen while we're giving away a half-dozen technical penalties at the same time, then it kind of starts to become a problem. If, If your DNA and your outlook of your team is going to be, we're a niggly team and we're going to make, we're going to wind teams up and we're going to, we're going to, Get them, get the red mist coming down. We're going to get to them that way. Fine. Don't give away six or seven technical penalties at the same time because then that's when you start to build up a lot of penalties and then it becomes a problem. So we need to decide if we're if we're going to keep up this niggling and winding up and stuff, then we we need to get our technical side nailed down. Otherwise, we need to stop the niggle until until we're not giving away so many penalties. I can't agree more with that. Um, you know, uh, uh, Glasgow have got a fair team, um, and and it's they are an exciting squad. The problem and what the point I was trying to make is that you know you start off with a niggle, then you end up getting to a point where you're not you're you're playing sixteen men on the field because you're also having to deal with a referee. Um, and and I think that's my my biggest problem. I always I was I always hated being marched back 10, 10 meters because. Um, you know, someone had piped up and said something stupid, and and unfortunately, Ryan Wilson is very <laughs> no comment. Um, but uh, <laughs> uh, I've, I've been on the end myself. But that, but uh, you know, it's it's. Don't get me wrong. I, I I quite what no matter what I say about him and his stupid haircut, I quite like him, Ryan Wilson. Um, uh, but I just could do with him dispensing with the BS and just getting on and playing the game. You know. Yeah. I think I like. I wish that Glasgow didn't need him. I don't want to make the Batman analogy because that wouldn't, you know, <laughs> given given his history. But he's the 
he's the captain Glasgow need right now, but not the one they deserve. It kind of feels like yeah. he's Glasgow have better, should have better options in the back row than Ryan Wilson, but as a team, they are noticeably weaker when he's not there, and that can only I, I don't think that's down to any that's not down to his technical ability. It's got to be to do with his the way that he captains the team. Yeah, we, we have together. much better back row players than him. You know, there's Jack Dempsey, Rory Darge, Tom Gordon when he comes back, Matt Fagerson. We've got some great back rows, but for some reason, the back row in particular and the whole team itself seems to be more organised and work better when Ryan Wilson's on the field. You Whether also, that's through sheer, sheer fear. <laughs> like, I don't. You see, that's the thing, though. If you, if you watch, you know, if you listen to him when he's not playing rugby, and you, and you watch him, and you listen to him when he's talking to referees and, and other players, you know, I don't think he's he is a fearful person. I'll tell you, no. who's, who's a I'll tell you, who's a fearful a fearful captain, and that's Al Kellick. Um and that's someone who took them to uh, took them to a Pro Fourteen winning title. Mm. Um, and that's this. That's what I'm trying to say. There's someone who could who who had niggle on the field. I guess it's that thing you don't want, you know, you, you need, I guess you need a gatekeeper rather than a poacher as your captain. You need someone who's going to set the standard. You don't want the guy that you send in for the niggle and you send in who's going to be in current penalties to then be the one that's having to speak to the referee about him making, you know, making decisions against you. You want the, you want the guy that's not incurring penalties or the guy that's going to strike the fear of God and the referee, like like you said, like, yeah. like an Al Kellogg. I'm sure yeah, Al Kellogg like, gave away penalties in his time, but not not at this. He, he's yeah. It's the it's I suppose it's the one downside of having a back rower as as your captain. Yeah, you saw uh, Jaco Piper in the the Bulls game this week, um, who said to Bismarck Duplessis when when Duplessis was was basically doing the exact same thing, and Jaco Piper said to him and to uh, Bongi on Benambi, "You two are Springboks and role models, so start behaving better." And and I don't think you could really do that to your captain. Like you can't you can't say you're the captain. You need to you need to get your team to behave when the person who's not behaving is the captain. Yeah, <laughs> doesn't yeah. really work. Yeah, yeah. But I don't see uh, who else Glasgow would have as as captaincy material, and that's that's maybe the problem. There's there's not someone that you would say there's someone ready. There's already someone kind of born ready to come in and. Richie Gray is the only one I can think of, and he doesn't play enough. No, yeah. I thought he had a really good game at the weekend. Yeah, I really yeah, like seeing great. Richie Gray. Richie Gray's it's 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 interesting. He's made some comments about he's not given up on his international career yet, and I still think there's maybe a place for a Richie Gray in some circumstances because he does he does make sensible decisions. But like you say, Johnny, he's not playing enough. To be in that position for Glasgow, yeah, and and to be honest, I mean, until he is, he's the only other person I can think of really that that's a sensible choice for captain. Yeah, yeah, because you know, well, yeah, you look at Fraser Brown, you know, the penalty machine of Fraser Brown, who who has been vice captain and captain again. It's the same same issue. Um, and okay, fair enough. They might be believing in the club and they want to do everything for the club, and they're a shirt, you know, a, 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 they're a badge grabber, you know. Um, and I understand that, and and because uh, I'm the same sort of player, but the, 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 it's just the, the just as you say, giving away the penalties. The only reason I, I gave a lot away a lot of penalties was because I wouldn't roll away for the ruck because I was too busy trying to get my breath. Um, <laughs> but uh, but it was funny. It's it's funny. I was asked a question. On, on, I was asked a question, and it was it was. Who would, if we had the choice, who would we take from Glasgow to be an Edinburgh player? And the choice was a lot smaller than now than I than it probably maybe if you asked me two years ago. But is that just? You know, I think that goes that, the same way as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was going to say I don't know who I would take squad, from Edinburgh, though, isn't it? Yeah, that's start the quality of the squads rather than because yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's 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 balanced. kind of what. That's kind of what I was saying. That's it wasn't meant to be derogatory towards Glasgow. It was more the fact, that, or you know, it's more the fact of the squads now seem to be seem to be balanced and they have an identity. Um, yeah, that's and- it. It's it's good squads. It's two good squads, and I think they both play their own way. And the players that we've each got fit that. 
Yeah. So who I would you have Doyle, Craig go? Um, for 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 me, um, I, I probably would. Ha- I'd quite like to see Xander. Um, I, 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 and I think probably Johnny would probably say Pierre Schumann. So you'd probably like, like to see Pierre you'd yeah. probably like to see that that forward pack. You know that front row would be pretty good. Um, but also again, I, I, I've always been a big Richie Gray fan, um, and you know we we're particularly lost um, in the in the second row, or we have gone through a patch because Ben Toulis has, has been out with so many. Um, so many injuries, niggly injuries that have caused them to be out for so long. So, and and no matter what anybody says about Ben Toulis, he was he was he's a great lineout operator, yeah. and he and he and he was very very good for Edinburgh. You know, having said so that, Jamie you... Hodgson, Jamie Hodgson has really impressed me for for Edinburgh. Yeah. He's been great. Yeah. Are you happy yeah. enough with Velikot that you wouldn't take a scrum half anymore? Um, I, I am happy with Velikot. I would like a second scrum half. Um, with Charlie Shield, I'd like to see more of Charlie Shield. Um, yeah, you know, I, 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 I think we're. No, this is going to sound terrible, and and he's a professional player, and he's 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 been a fantastic player. But I'd like to see more of Charlie Shield than I do of um of uh, Henry Pergos to be careful. But I think that's that's because you know what you're getting with Henry Pergos, and I think the, you could see under Cockerell how frustrated Charlie Shield was. And he would show flashes of what he could do, but I don't think it was what he was being asked to do late in games. Yeah. And it was kind of working. Yeah. Some of it was kind of working. You know, he'd, he'd kind of like snipe a little bit, and I don't think he was being asked to snipe, but he'd have a crack. And yeah. some of it would come off, and when it didn't come off, or there wasn't any support there, you could see he was clearly frustrated. So I think Mike Blair's way of playing, I think, will suit Charlie Shield. And certainly from what I've seen so far, is it it does suit him, and he maybe needs more game time. But you know, what you, you know, you know what you're getting with Henry Pergos, and it's yeah. not. Yeah, it was box kicking, but I don't think that was his, that wasn't entirely his fault. It's interesting no, to no. see. Sorry, Craig. No, no, crack on me. Anyway. It's interesting to see kind of what an almost instant difference Mike Blair's made because up until probably eight weeks ago, Edinburgh fans were saying either Ali Price or George Horn's got to come across the road to Edinburgh because yeah. we can't have both Scotland's scrum halves and and like now I think you're absolutely bang on about Charlie Sheila. I think he's been brilliant I think Velikot's looking really good so you're now I mean what seven rounds into the season and all of a sudden actually you don't need a scrum half anymore and that's that's such a quick turnaround yeah Ali Price I thought had a really good game at the weekend as well he's a shout for captain yeah yeah he I just really wonder if it's too much for him, that's all. Yeah. I don't base that on anything other than he just... You can see sometimes Ali Price gets a bit... He can let things get to him when the games aren't going Scotland or Glasgow's way. I've got, yeah. I've got, I've got to say something very... Uh, again, I'm going to say something that, that our Edinburgh friends might not, not like, but I actually think there's... If you look at Xander, you look at Ali Price... Um, who have come back from the Lions tour as different players, players that are that are absolutely when you look at them, they're class. Uh, you know, they've gone from a point where I said, and, and I'll put my hands up, Ali Price is not going on a Lions tour. Um, and he's and he went and he fought for his place and he got his place. Um, whereas if you look at Mish, Mish was up there at such a high level. That he's come back from the the Lions tour and he's been either so tired or he's just been off the boil since he came back and it's been quite a quite a shift um, and it's it's you know I'm sure Mish will come back I don't, I, but I'm blaming his haircut at the moment they've cut his hair so he's uh, he's gone off the boil a little bit but you know it, I, I'm that that's just going on the Ali Price thing Ali Price has come back as a um, Swagger's the wrong word, but he's he's he, he looks a properly, you know, top ten scrum half within the world now, where I would never have put him there before. Yeah, we might talk in hands in the ruck. We might talk about world rugby's top one hundred players. Yes, rugby world magazine's top one hundred yeah. players. We might talk about that in hands in the ruck. He was, Ali Price was in the top twenty. Well, all I'll say is they spelled Greg Laidlaw wrong. <laughs> and they used the wrong photograph as well. Um, any more off for Glasgow for you, Johnny, before we move on? Uh, 
No, I think I think we've pretty much covered it all. I will say the back line as it is starting to take shape now is looking very exciting. Yep. It was nice to see Josh Bakai finally get a run out. Um Seb Cancellari's looking exciting. Cole Forbes was good again. Um yes, I think once it starts to gel a bit, that's that's gonna be really good. And Sione Tupoloto can play both twelve and thirteen. Mm-hmm. Which is exciting, which is good to have that diversity as well. Yeah. Good no, it's stuff. Been, it's been very good in the backs. So hopefully yeah. it gels a bit more and gets even more exciting. Well, we'll see what happens. Speaking of Glasgow, just before we go, very quickly want to follow up the open letter we did to Glasgow, which we did get a response from about Exeter Chiefs. We we um we will be looking at some stuff that we might do in the run up to the uh the Exeter Chiefs game. Because I don't think there hasn't been anything further from Glasgow, so we might reach out to them and see if there's any uh if they have any plans similar to Bath. I think who who asked exit visiting Exeter fans not to wear the headdresses and and do the chance. I think they probably still did the chance, but it'd be interesting to see if there's something similar from Glasgow. Um, given that I know they they've been in, in, in contact with various parties about this issue. Um, but there's only you know there's only a couple of weeks to go now, so it'll be interesting mm-hmm. to see what happens there. So Although we'll Bath, be... to be fair, did it on the day of the game, so they did, yes. And and Glasgow may do something similar, but it'd be nice to know that they are going to do something. So we'll we'll yeah. we'll, we'll um we'll see what we can find out anyway. Um, we're going to um finish that there this week. We're going <coughs> our mark. Um, as I say, patrons, you get your bonus episode where we've got a few things to talk about this week. Um kind of slightly Scottish rugby related and not so Scottish rugby related for our hands in the ruck for the bonus podcast for everybody else though and for the moment uh, we'll be back next week oh we've got a Christmas we're doing our Christmas party next week socially distance I have to say awesome. um, we've got hopefully having a special guest lined up for that as well I don't know what format it's going to take I might just write down some random questions on the day who knows it'll be fun fun well, and chaotic there's going to be no laughing about this Christmas party, that's for sure. <laughs> Absolutely no cheese and no wine. It's just cheese and wine. And it, a business it it's not even not even a Christmas party. <laughs> it's a business meeting with cheese and wine, socially Absolutely. distanced. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, we'll be doing that next week um, as a kind of a bonus. And then what we'll do is we'll we'll then um, after we've had our party, we'll for patrons, we'll then drunkenly talk about the European Cup. We'll do a reverse podcast. <laughs> so if you, the nonsense will be in the main podcast, and the rugby talk. We'll we'll talk about that while we're drunk in the in the follow up podcast afterwards. So that's the way around. We'll do that. However, for the moment though, it is goodbye from me and goodbye from Johnny and Craig. Bye. Bye.